No matter what your need is today, uh, no matter what situation uh, you're facing, what issues you're going to be facing in this new year, the best thing that you can do right now is just bring your needs to Jesus and ask for his miraculous intervention. The best way to kick off 2015 is to start it believing enough, believing enough to ask Jesus for what you need. Uh, those of us who are Christ followers, we know that we should pray. And then some of us, most of us, feel guilty about the fact that we don't pray enough. And most of us, if we're honest, will admit that the reason we don't pray much is because we don't understand prayer. Well, today, Jesus wants to speak to our questions about prayer and motivate us with renewed belief that praying does make a difference. Would you please turn your Bible to the Gospel of John, chapter 4, beginning at verse 46. Uh, what we're going to read is a description of the second miracle that Jesus did on earth. And in this miracle, Jesus teaches a lesson about prayer. Once more, Jesus visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. That was miracle number one. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son who was close to death. Unless you people see miraculous signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. The royal official said, sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus replied, you may go. Your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. And while he was still on the way, his servants met him with the good news that his boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, the fever left him yesterday at the seventh hour. Then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he and all his household believed. This is the second miraculous sign that Jesus performed, having come from Judea to Galilee. So that this was Jesus' second miracle is an important detail in that this father traveled a long way to a person he could not have known very much about. Yet this father was willing to run, walk, the 13 hours from Capernaum to Cana because he was desperate. And I see this desperate father falling in a sweaty heap at Jesus' feet. And I imagine over the hours of his journey, he had rehearsed a well-reasoned case for why Jesus should come and heal his dying son. But then I see all these rational arguments crumbling into the dust when he sees Jesus, his last hope for his son. And this father has in his mind the memory of his son reaching out to him with panic in his eyes saying, Daddy, am I going to die? Daddy, please help me. Now in desperation, this father begs Jesus to come and heal his son. Now in your mind, freeze frame that. Freeze frame that scene when this father falls before Jesus and begs him to come to his boy. We need to ask, how important, how important 
to the outcome of this story was the fact that the father came to Jesus and asked for healing. Uh, how important was the asking factor? Well, the answer is that the father's act of asking, Jesus is everything. Scripture leads us to believe that the only reason the father received a miracle was because he asked for one. The implication is that if this man had stayed home, there would not have been a miracle and his son would have died. But because he talked to Jesus, because he presented his need to Jesus, because this father asked, he received. And this gets to why I must pray. As a Christ follower, I pray because I believe that the ones who receive great things from God are the ones who ask great things from God. Scripture doesn't just imply this. God teaches this to us in his word over and over again. The father received this miracle because he asked. Moses got to see God because he asked. Jo uh, uh, Jacob received God's blessing because he asked. Daniel found peace in the lion's den because he asked. Solomon became the wisest man on earth because he asked. And then Jesus makes this promise in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Now, keep in mind that these verbs, asking and seeking and knocking, are in the Greek present tense of continuation. So a more literal translation would have Jesus saying, everyone who keeps asking and keeps seeking and keeps knocking will keep receiving from God. Jesus' teaching made it the key to receiving great things from God is to be asking great things from God. The same goes for you. This could be your holy moment. The whole trajectory of your 2015 might be changed for the better because of your simple choice today to start the year saying, I believe. I believe that Jesus was telling the truth when he said that those who receive are those who ask. And so I choose to become one of those who falls before Jesus, like this father, and asks. So, if you were to fall before Jesus today and ask for something right now, what would it be? What miracle level need do you have in your life right now? What would you ask for? Uh, maybe it's bringing your marriage uh, back from the brink of destruction. Uh, maybe it's release from the grip of internal anger or discouragement. Maybe it's peace to overcome stress in your life. Or maybe it's not even a request for you, but it's a request for someone you love, for a spouse, for a parent, for a friend, for a son or a daughter. God, you know, is not a genie in the bottle, you know, to grant wishes. But just imagine falling before Jesus like this father and having Jesus say to you, go ahead, tell me what I can do for you. If this happened, 
what would you ask? Now get this request in your mind and then ask one more important question. And that is, if you are not regularly bringing this very request in your mind to God, why not? If you know what the Bible says about asking God, but yet you're not asking, well, there must be some reason. And I think I know what it is. I think the reason you don't ask is because you don't see much evidence that prayer makes any difference. At least I know that's the reason I struggle uh, with prayer. I find that prayer doesn't work according to my definition of work. Uh, according to my definition, if prayer really works, then I should be able to ask God for something and then bam, see the results. But I struggle with prayer because I just don't see prayer working that way. Uh, I found this out back in high school uh, where I received uh, several varsity letters in basketball. The letters always started out, Dear Steve, you did not make the basketball team. <laughs> so stop hanging around the locker room. Uh, these letters and my not getting on the basketball squad was really throwing off my dream of playing for the Chicago Bulls. Uh, I knew that if I was going to reach my dream of being a pro basketball player, I was going to need some divine help. So I remember asking, you know, as a teenager, Lord, please get me on a basketball team. And w when I'm on the Chicago Bulls, I'll mention you in post-game interviews. And my sneaker deals... I'll tithe my income. And I learned very early as a believer that prayer just doesn't work according to my definitions. And you say, well, the problem is, is that your, your high school prayers were selfish. And God doesn't answer selfish prayers. And you're right. God says in James chapter 4, verse 2, you have not because you do not ask God. And then when you do ask, you ask with selfish motives. And I say, yeah, I understand that. <laughs> I understand God doesn't answer selfish requests. But over the years, I have many times prayed completely unselfish prayers, and yet I still haven't seen results. I mean, I've prayed for people who were far from God for many years, and they're still far from God today. You know, I've prayed unselfishly for people suffering from disease for healing, but I haven't seen results. Sometimes I pray, and I just don't see any difference. And so I find myself doubting whether prayer is worth the effort. I mean, I, I think to myself, you know, God, he, he's all-knowing. He knows what I need. God is in control, and so God's going to work out his will, whether I pray or not. So my doubts about prayer come because I don't see the effects of my prayer. You know, you've heard the old saying, I'll believe it when I see it. That summarizes the terms I want with God. The prayer terms I want are, I'll believe prayer makes a difference if I see the results, God. But Jesus says that prayer does not operate on my terms. Prayer operates on 
his terms. And Jesus explains his terms in this passage by creating a situation where this father would first have to believe something before he saw something. Jesus tells this father, I am not going to go with you, back home with you, to touch your son. But instead, you're going to go home with my promise that your son will be healed. And we're told that this father understood Jesus' prayer terms. And it says that the father took Jesus at his word. But the important thing to notice is that the miracle of the healing of this boy did not come on the father's terms. He wanted Jesus to come and heal his boy before his eyes in a way that he could see it. The father's terms were, I want to see it. But the miracle came on Jesus' terms. Believe me first, Jesus says, then you'll see it. Now, let me be clear here what I am not teaching. I am not teaching the idea that if you really, really believe something, then God is going to do it. I am not teaching. That's naive. That can be very dangerous. I am not teaching. If you really, really believe something, God will do it for you because of your belief. Now, the teaching here is, as a Christ follower, I must believe Jesus' promise that asking him for great things makes a difference, even if I don't see the results. The father believed Jesus' promise. That's the key here. I need to let go of my need to see results from my prayer and just hold to Jesus' prayer promise, like God's promise in James chapter 5, verse 16. The prayer of a God-pleasing person is powerful and effective. That is God's promise. I may not see my prayer being powerful and effective, but God says, I can't rely on what I see. I must believe the promise. God says, believe me on this one. Pray. Take me at my word. Pray. Believe my prayer promise. And pray. Just ask me. Now keep this important detail in mind. Uh, when the father took Jesus at his word, the father didn't see that Jesus was true to his word until he got home. And with many of our prayers, it'll be the same way for us. We will not see the results of our prayers until we get home. When we get to our eternal home, we will see that God is true to his word. When we get home, we will see how our prayers were powerful and effective right now. And we will spend eternity saying, whoa, so that's what happened when I prayed. Oh, now I see that when I prayed, God did this, which led to this, which led to, whoa, that's amazing. If 